This episode of Lash Boss Radio is brought to you by Paris Lash Academy. If you guys haven't heard of PLA, they are known for their pro-made fans. Even before uh, pre-mades, pro-mades were a thing and done well by a lot of companies, they were doing it right. They actually have their own manufacturing facility in Vietnam, and that is just next-level quality control, if you ask me. Um, I love PLA because uh, their team is just so incredibly generous and kind and sweet. Last year, I met them at the event that I threw with LashCast, which was the Las Vegas Lash Social, which was during IBS. We're doing it again this year, but um, I met them there and they were all like all smiles, all hanging out, just looked so happy to be together. And I just really liked that. I love that inside of a company. So They've got great quality products and their customer service is like unmatched. They're probably one of the most generous um, companies that I have come across. So thank you so much, PLA, for sponsoring today's episode. If you guys want to shop Paris Lash Academy, you can do so at parislashacademy.com and use code LASHBOSSRADIO for 15% off of your order. Thank you again, PLA, and here is today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. I'm Shelby, your host, and today we have Robert Maraglia from Strategies, which is a salon coaching company. We have Robert on talking about salon ownership, being a solo artist, being a team member in a salon, and all of the different avenues that you can take within a salon atmosphere. He is my coach at Strategies. I've been with him for about four years. I've been with Strategies for about five years. And um, so we also talk a little bit about coaching and he also used to be a fashion blogger and a salon owner himself. He had a salon for about 10 years before selling. So he is just a wealth of knowledge and so much fun. So hope you all enjoy this episode and please welcome Robert. Welcome to the show, Robert. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. Um, we're on Zoom with each other all of the time. I know. Not like this. <laughs> um, and I can't believe this is our first episode that we've done together, but I- I'm excited about it. I am totally excited. It's just, we've turned the tables. <laughs> so I just wanted to start with, I had just wrapped up a conversation with Michael over at Strategies and we did a podcast together. We talked about salon ownership and how the narrative has really gotten very negative. Um, I have been a part of that, especially in the beginning. And so I wanted to start with what shifts you see in your clients or even working with me because you've worked with me for so long. Um, When you start to see the shift of like, I don't know what I'm doing or if I even like this anymore, in shifting into it's getting better or, or I love this now? Oh, this is a great, great question because we go through it every time we get um, a new client. And sometimes we even forget that that's a part of the whole process. And so with you or many others, uh, they start off with, I, I'm scared. I don't know what to do next. I'm in the middle of this, A, B, or C. There's still that feeling of, gosh, I I am in over my head. And what we do is we try to learn about what your, um, like, 
what your biggest pain points are right in that moment. And we try to address those because we want to start, we start, we want to start pulling at those things that are really uh, freaking us out. Um, if it's like, I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what I'm looking at. The reports are here. I have no idea. Then we go through and we start looking at, well, let's just start with how many hours do we have available for sale? Let's just start with, you know, what is your rent? And let's do a little math and figure out where we need to get to. So it's figuring out right in that moment of where are we going to start our journey? Just like any, you know, when we type in Siri, you know, best directions to, it's got to go from your current location. And if we don't know that, then we're just kind of meandering around. So um, I, I love that moment because it's so revealing and truthful for both, both parties of where we're at. And then we feel like, okay, we've got a strong foothold now. Let's decide what is next. And we just start making a plan. We know we got to get from here A to Z. So let's just start making a plan with step A, step B. We start going through, we start creating scoreboards. You know, what are the hours available for each day? You know, what's our best guess of a of our our goal that we want this month? And let's just start there. And then we just start layering it on because we don't want anyone freaking out or seizing up in the middle of numbers. Uh, because really numbers uh, are just, a, they, they tell the story of, of what's going on in the company. Um, mm-hmm. I can look at somebody's scoreboard and see patterns and ask questions of like, are you there on Fridays? Uh, no, mm-hmm. why? Oh, well, I see a dip in your retail every Friday. And they're gonna be like, oh, I'm like, so maybe it's time to stop by on a Friday and see what's happening. There's different, it's that, it becomes that way. And then you get to be the storyteller uh, and the reader of it. And then you get to decide, you start to get ahead of it. And then you start creating the story that you want for your company. I think it's really important to, um, the word you use was honesty. When you first, it's first kind of being honest with yourself saying, okay, I'm in a spot that I cannot sustain. I do not like this. I need help. And when you start working with a coach or if you even just start trying to tackle it on your own, maybe um, a lot of honesty is necessary. And uh, it's actually really nice. It's It has been really nice having you this whole time because you kind of have seen it go you know, up and down and up and down and just been there for me even whenever I've even now still get discouraged or or unsure about something. And so it's been really nice. But yeah, honesty has been it starts with that. And I really do think also that in that sometimes I would be caught saying I don't think salon ownership is a very good avenue. Like, stay away from it. Don't do it. And I used to say that a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And now after kind of feeling like I've come on the other side of it, I don't necessarily agree with that narrative so much. It's very true if you're doing it the way that a lot of us do it in the beginning. But um, it's, it's not true at all when you're 
when you're doing the right things, when the right systems are in place and stuff. And actually it's quite beautiful. So, um, yeah, I was just curious what that's like for you and at what point you see that shift, um, for, for owners, but it's, it's really cool because I work with different people's levels of understanding in financials, whether it's, you know, a lot or none somewhere in between. Um, but it's kind of, uh, I have to go at their own pace. And I think that's really important. If I try to rush anybody through it, they're going to get balled up or they're going to get uh, twisted in the middle of it and seize up. Uh, but once I, I was working with a client um, and she goes, I don't want to hire any people. I'm just not going to be a good leader. And we're working through, you know, we took six months to get through scoreboard and cash flow plan. We just took our time understanding our budget, understanding what we can afford. And then really when she came to the realization that, Hey, I have money to, to hire somebody. What is that going to do to my cash flow? And so we added in the hours that they were going to be adding into the company and what that did to that new uh, revenue. She was like, wow, I can do that. And I'm like, yeah. And conversely with another company, her mom bought her a year's worth of strategy memberships. And um, I had the privilege of working with her. And when she was like, I know nothing about PL, I know nothing about financials. So we did the same process. Um, she had a great, strong team. Somebody left. And I said, so uh, tell me about what, what did you do first? Well, I went to the cash flow plan. I took out their hours. I adjusted the revenue goal. I changed the scoreboard. I went, you did all that by yourself? She goes, yeah. Am I supposed to do something else? I said, absolutely not. That's exactly it. It's just like, so we, you just, we get these moments where it's just like, boom, it's right there. And, they're, and they did it on their own. It, mm -hmm. They came to that realization, which was, um, it's like, I don't know, it's just so cool and it's warm and fuzzy for me because, you know, we're in this kind of scenario where it's not necessarily in person, but in that moment, there is that connection of, wow, you did an amazing job and mm -hmm. I did an amazing job. No, just kidding. But there is that, there is that connection because we had to, there's trust that gets built because they were honest with me. And then they, they were trusting in the process and they trusted the process. And then the process showed up for them when it was time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I also think there, there too is, you guys probably sometimes feel like therapists and there because honestly salon ownership is so much on someone's system mm -hmm. every day that they go into work and there's so much pressure and expectation and a lot of it you place on yourself but you do i i think a good leader is wanting to you know always show up their best selves for their team and um that can just be a lot. And if they're dealing with financial stress at the same time, that what I said on my podcast with Michael, I said that can totally put out someone's fire. Like mm -hmm. for me, I remember when I was financially stressed, I just had no, like 
my my spirit was broken. And that's really hard to get through. So I'm sure you see that a lot. Even when somebody is making progress, they may hit like a season mm-hmm. where it feels like it's happening all over again. Um, what do you recommend to someone who might be in that situation now who's um, maybe a salon owner that's struggling, that's not sure what to do? Maybe they've just like hit a wall. So it's find somebody to talk to. Even if I have a, a, a list of things that I want to go over with uh, a coaching member and they're like, here's what's happening. I'm like, that gets set aside. It does become a conversation. It, it does become discovery time. Um, and we walk through everything and I ask them to explain more. Tell me more about what you're feeling. And, you know, and they go, oh, no, never mind. It's nothing. And I'm like, no, it it came out right when we started the call. So it's important. Um, and that's what that's what we're looking to do more of. I, I'm a I'm a high C if you and if anybody knows anything about disc or perception too. Um, it's an assessment on communication style, 36,000 data points. And I'm a high C and an extreme introvert and you know but this is what i do and i've had to learn how to expand my conversation past numbers and so i i believe that even since you because you were one of my first my first coaching members uh, that I was able to take care of. And, um, and now I, I have members that are just like, I I'm overwhelmed. I've got so many things and I'm like, let's brain dump it. Let's, let's get a list going. Let's figure out what's important. Let's figure out what, uh, what gives you energy. What, what takes away energy. I I've done that three times in the last two weeks. So it's, it's like, there's, there's even universal cycles happening for people that are in creative flow. And, um, and it's interesting to watch because I can go, Oh, this happened here. These, these three people are always in the same cycle because of their creativity level. And it's interesting that I'm right. 87% of the time. Uh, but we talk about, Okay, tell me more about this. What's going on with that list? Can we go ahead and take care of that? Can we delegate that to somebody else? Because I had to learn the hard way. I uh, I worked for Old Navy, which was a part of the Gap, and I opened five stores. Um, I was highly productive. Uh, I managed sixty people on a daily basis, uh, but I didn't delegate very well. Um, I managed mm-hmm. the baby department and those are tiny things that have to sell through very quickly and have to be kept up. And so I had to learn how to delegate to other people. My idea was, well, it'll take me longer to teach them or train them. And I like the way I do it, but I had to give up a, a little bit of control or a lot and create trust. It started helping me teach how to educate or how to train on how to do these other things. So this is, we, we talk through conversations, what it might sound like for leaders 
to hand over a little bit of control where they're comfortable just to begin with. Um, and every leader goes through this. Nobody is born, you know, at the age of 32, a leader. They, we all grow mm -hmm. up the same way and go through the same processes, um, different experiences, but they all lead us to the same thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's that uh, conversation and give and take that help us hone our craft as a leader. Yes. Um, I, I also think that again, just with the honesty thing, um, kind of being able to say, why do I feel that I need to be doing all of these things? Mm -hmm. Because when you realize that when you're doing a lot of tasks, as you say, that are energy draining, then you have no energy for the things that are giving you energy, which if you just did the things that are kind of neutral or give you energy, then you have a surplus. And then it's like a big snowball that keeps going. And that's great for everyone around you, yourself, your team, in your personal life. And that's how people who are creative, that's how they keep going and keep creating. But when you stick somebody that's doing something that they're not it's not part of their DNA, really, it can just completely deplete them. And um, so you kind of have to see, is there a reason why you feel like you have to do it all? Because for me, it was more of like a pride thing almost, mm -hmm. or I just tried to do it all. And then it really just didn't get me anywhere. So yeah, um, I, I've loved working with you. I just have to say that it's just been great. And I feel like it's just, it's just been the best thing for, for me and my company. So highly recommend you guys need a coach. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, before the call, we kind of talked about to this other narrative, uh, not for salon owners, but for people who work in salons or for people that are solo artists who work by themselves for themselves this I'm just a mm -hmm. lash artist or I'm just a hairstylist. Um, I feel like I don't hear it as much in other beauty avenues. I feel like I hear it a lot in the lash industry. I don't hear anyone ever say, oh, I'm just a nail artist. I don't have my own nail polish line or something, or I'm just a hairstylist. I don't have my own curling iron line, um, <laughs> something like that. So so can you touch on on that narrative and how you feel about it? Absolutely. Um, at Lash Boss, I heard people talking, oh, I, I'm just a, I'm a lash artist or I'm just a solo artist. And, and uh, Christy, who was there with me, we were both like, oh my gosh, you're an owner. I mean, let, let's put some reality behind it. And I think, I think we we tend to play things down, uh, especially if we're not sure or we minimize what we're doing. I think we, some, uh, a good bit of us naturally kind of like don't want to be seen. And, you know, what if I make a mistake or if I fail at this, I'll just kind of quietly fade out and no one will remember. And that's, that's not what this is. If, if you're doing this, if you're out, on your own or creating a company, that is exactly it. You're creating a company that's it's, you're creating something bigger than you. 
and you're hearing the calling to, yes, you got tricked into the artistry of it all, but the real idea of what is happening is that you're touching people and helping them become who they are or their best selves in this journey uh, of life. And it's an opportunity if if we can't get them into the salon, but you get them into the lash uh, company or into the nail company or whoever, that means we just have opportunity. We have more opportunities than not to touch people and to bring them into their into the best place in their journey and it's a privilege as a service provider or beauty technician however we want to call it that's encompassing makeup artists i mean all the things all the things fashion stylists all the things I, I mean, I'm up close and personal with people when I was, um, styling and on set or movies or magazines or whatever. Um, or if I'm in their home dressing them, there's nothing more up close and personal than that. And we, I get to ask other questions that most people don't get to ask whether it's the circle around the, you know, the, the star or the billionaire, or, you know, they don't even ask them those questions because they don't really care. It's, but I, I got in to do that. So a lash artist, a hairstylist, a nail tech, they're in that space where Mm -hmm. they can do that. They can ask those kinds of questions and, discover more about them and ask them, how are they doing? What is going on? You know, how is what, whatever's happening out there affecting you in here? And how can we move past that? Or how can, how can I support you? And just maybe just in conversation or a really good head massage, you know? Yeah. I remember when I worked by myself, it was, those were some really good times. Um, I think it changed when I was still working on people, but then I had a team. It just felt very stressful, but it it changed completely from that point. And I'm not saying that salon ownership is or isn't the right way or working for yourself is or isn't the right way or working for someone else isn't. Whatever. And that was another point at the summit a lot, which I'll circle back to what I was just saying, but success looks different for everyone. Absolutely. So I think when we're out of line like or alignment with what we actually feel is successful then or if we're just looking at something and saying that's successful what i'm doing isn't that's that's not always the case that is exactly right it's and i like what you use to kind of we put ourselves out of alignment of what success is for us by comparing our success or lack of to someone else's success I know, right. I know somebody else in, in our comp, in our uh, membership that she compared herself to you, and you're so young, and you've got this, you know, growing this empire. To me? Yeah, growing this. Oh my gosh! Empire out there, and I'm like, but everyone's idea of success is different. And I'm like, would you yeah. really want to be doing this, that, and the other thing? And she's like, no, not really. I'm like, then let's define what your idea of success is and go for that because it's, it's all different and, Mm -hmm. and being, you know, 
you kind of being starting to reach for the stratosphere, so to speak, people are noticing that and they, you, you're just going to be in the line of sight and you're going to inspire and, you know, you're going to call some haters. That's just what it is. Mm -hmm. But everybody needs to get their own definition of success to, um, to know where they're going. That has to be their compass, not your idea of success. Mm -hmm. You can't be mm -hmm. their compass. Yep. If you're, I think also it can even happen on your phone, on social media, oh. like, especially if you're yeah. just watching what everyone's like, Oh, this new announcement, look what I've got going. And just hired a new person or whatever that looks like and you're just sitting there and it's making you feel bad. Mm -hmm. Now you're not in a creative space anymore. Right. And so one thing I think not only a coach, but like even like a therapist, if you don't have a great support system around right. you too, like, you know, something where you have an outlet, but trying to figure out what that actually looks like. If you can answer that question, I think that's so important. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of people do that, though. Even a salon owner can say, I just have two artists with me or I just right. the, it's always it's always a, I just do this. And do you feel like that is something that you see across everyone in the beauty industry or what do you think? I do. I mean, realistically, I, I do. I, I um, you know, we're having our team-based conference coming up in October and I'm like, okay, how many tickets? Well, there's just two of us. It's, it's a team. As long as there's two of you, that's a team. You know, I'm bringing my team. It's not that we have to pretend that we're bigger than we are, but we, it's not just you're growing. Yep. We're all growing at different paces. Uh, some of us are a little further ahead if we want to call it. Or, but that's the idea is that you and I and other people that are strong in our communities are reaching back to help pull up new people, pull them forward, help support them in the way that they need to be or being available to for them to ask questions. How did you get here? How can you know and help uh, utilize us as resources, so to speak, uh, but to also preface it with, it's going to be different for you. You know, we, we all and, went through our own stuff to get here. Mm -hmm. Everyone started from a right. beginner, like as a beginner. And I think that what's for you is what's for you. Exactly. And as long as you can stay as much as you can in the, in the right mindset in your creative space and like being aware of when something doesn't feel good anymore, you'll get there faster. Absolutely. You're going to get there. I think either way, I personally believe that, but yes. I think it's going to feel better. And to be honest, if I add like another thing to my list of whatever, sometimes I look back and I'm like, I wish I would have enjoyed this chapter a little bit more. I wish I would have enjoyed just being by myself for a little bit and not yearning for, oh, one day I'm going to have a salon. Mm -hmm. Because when you get there and you realize, man, this is different, man, this is hard, it can really shake you up. Right. <laughs> Being in that yeah. pr your present moment and giving yourself permission to 
bask in it, revel in it, enjoy it, fight it, yeah, whatever that looks like. Um, when I was in hair school, uh, I like the first four days, we're uh, you know learning a technique, uh, how to hold the the shears and cutting, and I was struggling with my form. And the instructor who has, you know, been cutting hair for 30 years goes, what, what are you mad about? I said, cause I, I'm just not, I'm not getting my form. She goes, how many days have you been here? I went four. She goes, I'd be insulted to think that you think that you can get it in four days when it's taken me this long. So give wow. yourself permission to learn because that's what you're doing here. That's, you know, when you're, you're, you know, you've got students going through your university, you're like, this is a safe space. Make the mistakes now. You know, if you're gonna make a mistake, do it now. If you're like, you don't believe me that hair is going to turn orange, then let's do it. Do it now because I don't want you doing it out there. And, you know, so that safe space and just the permission for yourself to, allow the process to happen. Also with that is the people in your circle professionally and personally. If some, sometimes I think it comes, you're listening to someone else's voice actually. You might have a parent that is very critical or, and that's where you are critiquing yourself a lot or something's never good enough. Or you might have a boss that's that way or you had an instructor who was like that. And I think it's important to pay attention to, is it something coming from me and why is it coming from me? Or is it something, someone in my life who's constantly making me feel smaller or like I shouldn't be celebrating that I'm doing this. It's not good enough for them. Why are you so proud of yourself right now? Like that is something that I think happens a lot. It does. Um, Especially I think women, I think happens to women a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would think also in our industry, a lot of us have maybe seen it where you hear it all the time. A parent sometimes is like, oh, you're not going to go to college. You're going to go to beauty school. What do you what do you mean? What kind of career are you going to have out of that? And um, so I would like to think that a lot of us might have that in common. Yes. Some of us may not. But, you know, that might be it, too. Absolutely. I mean, I went to school for interior architecture and. I I struggled with the concepts of uh, drawing it all out. I had to sketch out the whole thing, uh, scale. I'd start good here. By the time I got to the other end of the house, I'd be off by like six inches. So it would frustrate me. Again, I was thinking I needed to be perfect. And so I gave up. When really, if I just would have allowed the process to happen... I would have consumed it so much better. I still, I still do interior design. I still, but I utilize software that keeps me in scale. Nobody told me then that that's what, how it actually goes. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're led to believe you're going to draw it all out all the time, but you know, here we are technology and software allows for things to happen faster and easier. And that's how I do it. So there are things out there that parents say, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, when I dropped out, 
my dad was like, so what are you going to be now? You know, and wasn't really the most, you know, uh, supportive at that time. Um, but as he saw me do different things, cause I've been a floral designer, a cake decorator. Um, I've been a singer, a song leader at church, a youth director, um, uh, interior designer, f- freelance artist, fashion designer. Um, I have so many skills. I don't know. I guess I'm reliving all my past lives all at once. And, but guess what? I have so much to draw on creatively that I know that I can pull things out of the air to help somebody else get there. That's, that's what my role is, is to be supportive no matter what direction they're coming from. I can say, well, I've done that and I've done that. I was literally sitting there thinking during um, some of the the speakers at Lash Boss. I'm like, hmm, should I? I would love to try that because I considered doing lashes right when it was starting to come out. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I don't know if I'm picking, you know, is this a scam? Is it going to last? And here we are. And it's this you know, community is growing so fast. And, but I was thinking about, Ooh, that looks so fun because it's like math and creativity all at once and dexterity and all Mm -hmm. this stuff. So uh, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'm like, I probably shouldn't learn one more thing. (laughs) No, lashes are so, they're the best. I, it's the coolest, nerdiest thing ever too. And pretty. Yes. So I want to ask you about, you mentioned this on stage at Lash Boss Summit, and you said you can always tell a leader from, I'm not oh. sure how you worded it. Can you say that quote and <clears throat> maybe expand? So um, I can always tell a leader from an owner. A leader is someone that is always trying to figure out how to do more, get more, for their team members and an owner is generally always trying to figure out how to get more in their pocket. And I think that's a a defining difference. It doesn't mean we all don't start off as owners because we don't know any different, but you fall in love with the process. You fall in love with having a team. You fall in love with all of this. And that's where you, you make that shift into leadership. Because now you want more for not just you, but you want more for everyone else that you can affect, including their families. I mean, this is because then you're constantly thinking about, oh, my gosh, I have this team and I have their families that I'm affecting as well. Mm -hmm. So I can relate. Yeah, Um, it's. It's definitely something to think about if you are a solo artist questioning, do I own a salon or not? Um, And really figure out, would you be somebody that can care that deeply for everyone else and maybe put them first? Or would it more be about the money? And if you're expecting it to come right away, then just make sure all your ducks are in a row uh, because it can can be really costly if you make mistakes. Um, 
but it can be done. You can do, you can do it. Uh, I, I, I think I said this before, but I was always really jealous of the owners of salons that would come to the strategies seminars or classes. And we, they'd ask around like how many people have a salon, how many people don't have one yet. And some people would raise their hand and be like two people. And I'd be like, I wish that I knew about this, but when I was starting out and it wasn't until I was like in the depths of all of that, that I was like seeking it out. But you know, it, it got me to the right place. I'm here now and I'm so happy now and in a much better place. But it would amaze me that some people like start off strong like that. And I'm like, wow, they're going to be really powerful. They're doing it right. Because they're starting off with all the tools and all of the systems and um, all of the financial literacy that is needed as, a, as an owner too. So anyway, yeah, maybe ask yourself that about leadership if, if you're looking at, looking at doing a salon. Yeah. So we talked about being a solo artist and salon owner, but I'd really like to hear your thoughts on people who are employees of salons. Sometimes that can sometimes feel like they're not doing enough too. Can you speak on that? I'm sure you, you've seen that a lot, or obviously you work with a lot of employees too. Um, do you mean the employees feel like their leader's not doing enough or that the employee themselves is not doing enough for the company? Um, or well, that they're not doing enough in their career because they don't mm. own oh. their name's not on the door. So I got it. Yeah, yeah. I totally. Um, you know, I'm sure that that goes around. I'm sure that people think that or feel that. Um, you know, I hear off more often than not. My my goal is in five years is to have my own salon, and you know, even when we were hiring. You know, where do you see yourself in two years, three years, five years? Well, in five years, I want to have my own salon. Well, a lot of companies would go, oh, competition, not going to hire you. I'm going to embrace them because they have tenacity. And I'm going to say, okay, give me five years. Because here's, here's the deal. In five years, a lot can change. In five years... I can move them through the company and get them to what their dreams are. Maybe they want to be a, a platform artist, or maybe they want to be an educator. Or maybe they want to be, um, you know, a team leader, a floor manager, or just a dang good technician, whatever that is. We need them too. We need people that want to be just super good at what they do and touch people every day. Um, but through, you know, part of the strategy philosophy is through the broadband is that we can get you to what you want to do. You don't have to go somewhere else to do it. We can help you get there inside of the company. We can help you become an educator. We can help you become um, a hair artist or um, we sent one of our team members. She wanted to uh, go do hair for runway uh, for fashion week. Uh, so we got her connected with the team. We helped her practice. We helped her prepare. It became a part of her path. And then she went and spent 10 days in New York doing hair with a hair team and lived her best life, loving it. Mm -hmm. And so we can create those types of paths in, in any kind of company. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's going to vary, but we can help create that. And, you know, if I do a really good job at uh, being a leader in my company and somebody says, you made it look so easy and so fun, I want to go do it myself. I, I What am I supposed to say? Mm -hmm. I, I want the best for them. And, you know, I don't have to say, well, it's super hard and you're going to hate it. And it's not worth it. And I cry at night. And <laughs> I mean, we've all been through that point, but that's part of their journey. They get to try it and they're going to go mm -hmm. through it. And they're, they might, you might become their new resource or support person and they'll reach out to you and go, Oh my gosh, how did you, how are you doing this? This is a lot. Mm -hmm. You may like, you may find that somebody comes back to you even professionally or personally, like maybe still as a friend even, mm -hmm. or a peer or collaboration of some kind or something. And we talked about that at the summit too, is just like not burning bridges on either side Absolutely. as an owner or as an employee. And I think that first and foremost, the team needs to see that the leader is encouraging and open to, hey, I get it. I could be just part of your journey. Hopefully right. it's not for five weeks, but it's, you know, it's a thing. And I would understand if you wanted to do that. And I also believe fully that anyone that works with me can do it on, on their own. And I think if they feel that and they don't feel stuck, like, oh my gosh, she's gonna kill me if I leave. Um, then they're free to, you know, they're right. free also. And so, yeah, it's both sides though. Well, um, we don't want to hold them hostage. We don't like being held hostage either. Well, I'm just going to leave. Well, you know, and, and we both as, as leaders and as an employee, I've felt that on both sides. So yes. um, I don't want that. So why can't we be wide-eyed and awake uh, in our conversation and just be truthful and honest and say, hey, this is where I'm at. I, you've done something amazing here. I'm not going to go. I want to go open my own. It's not going to be across the street. You know, it's way wherever, but I want to do this because you've inspired me to do that. I mean, what am I supposed mm -hmm. to say? You know, right. um, and we want to, that's just, it's a part of, it's just a part of being a leader. People are going to come and go. Yep. Yep. And, and I, and I can honestly admit that in the very beginning, when I first started my, started, uh, my salon, I used to feel those feelings like mm -hmm. a lot oh my gosh, they're going to leave me or like wanting to feel anger or even sadness sometimes when someone did leave. And then it's like, whoa, why? What? Like chill out, you know? Right. And thankfully I have so many beautiful relationships from people that have worked with me. I'm so thankful that we had our time together that we had. And now our time looks differently together, but definitely takes a lot of like, you got to go in there and figure out what's what's making those feelings flare up but um it also does come from the team from the employee as well like mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a both there needs to be reciprocal respect and grace you right. know i i've seen it where the the team member feels like they need to make the leader the bad guy to leave yep 
And it's really unnecessary. Just having a heart to heart conversation and being real of what's going on. We can do away with all that drama and all that heartache. And like you said, we don't need to burn the bridge. We, and it can just be that. Like exactly. it could just be, I want to go on my own. It could just be that. It could be a Absolutely. positive thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah. <laughs> I've really enjoyed our conversation today. We should do this again. Yes, I, I, would I feel love like that. we could go in so many directions and you're just a wealth of knowledge anytime that I talk to you. So we'll definitely have to do it again. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you so much, Shelby. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Thanks so much for spending time with me today and being a guest on Lash Boss Radio for the first time. Thank you. Hey guys, real quick before you go, I do also want to mention that Strategies also has a podcast for salon owners. It's called Beauty Business Strategies, and you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. I was on a recent episode with Michael, the Director of Education for Strategies, Um, so check it out. It's coming out the same day that you're listening to this.